Good. Excellent. Uh, I think it was Friday, Glenn and Ruth Rogers celebrated their 44th anniversary. Well done. Good and faithful husband and wife. Uh, coming up here on the 23rd, we've got a few things going on this month. It's great. Uh, coming up on the 23rd is a special family meeting for all of Christ Church United. And that's going to be at Christ Church Kirkland. So we'll be meeting uh, all together in that context. So we want to make you aware of that so you plan for that. Uh, Pastor Kevin announced that at the prayer meeting on Thursday evening. And uh, some of you have heard rumblings about a uh, particular gathering next Sunday. So Dennis Peacock, our apostolic uh, oversight covering for, for Kingdom Ministries International, which is the network of churches that we're a part of. And he's going to be uh, speaking at Christ Church Kirkland, but that is not for us. We're going to make sure that everybody gets podcasts or CDs available for that. But uh, anyway, no big reveal or any big news. It's just he's going to be preaching there. Unfortunately, we weren't able to get him to come here to North Shore. Yeah, congregation meeting is Thursday night, the 23rd, is the family Christ Church United meeting. It is at 7 o'clock, yep. Yep, at Kirkland. Evan Creelock, you had something very amazing happen to you. Would you come up here real quick and just share that? Now, really, this is, this is an amazing thing that happened. You'll notice he's got a boot on his foot. And uh, I'm going to let him tell you what happened, but it is a miracle uh, that he is right here in front of us. Yeah. Uh, so I was at work on Wednesday afternoon, and I manage a roofing company in Briar. And finished up a job, and we were wrapping up, uh, and took one step on the ladder on the way down, and the ladder folded in on itself. And I went straight down 22 feet and landed on my feet. So that's like just above that ledge. (laughs) Anyway, so I hit, and I was okay. You know, I thought I was dead, and everything felt fine, and got home, my foot started hurting went to the doctor, and he was like, well, it's definitely broken. Uh, and we had, we had an x-ray, and there's no breaks. It's literally like a, a bone bruise and, and a sprain, which is just crazy. So he said usually people that fall from that height shatter the bottom of their ankle. and just Anyway, so I'm, I'm lucky. And I got a baby on the way, so it's nice to, like, I'm here. And so. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's blessed to not be in a body cast right now. Oh my goodness. Wow. Well, week of prayer and fasting, having just come to conclusion, we ended fast last night at our place prayer meeting. It was a wonderful time. And uh, we are beginning now Christchurch North Shore. Those of you who are visiting from Christchurch Kirkland, don't worry, don't sweat it. But Christchurch North Shore, we're continuing with a nine-week fast now that will conclude with uh, our one-year anniversary celebration on Sunday, March 9th. So what this looks like is one day a week, we're calling everyone, we believe Holy Spirit is calling us, 
to fast one day a week uh, together from sundown to sundown. And uh, so then you can eat after the sun goes down. But um, if you can't do a complete food fast and, um, you know, health-wise or just not able to do that or the Lord's leading you to do something else, we're just asking everyone to participate in some way. So the email that was sent out to North Shore has a number of things on there, suggestions of things that you could do. Uh, try eating a lot less, you know, or something like that. But um, I still feel like I'm ringing really bad. You could probably turn me down. I, I'll yell a little bit. I've only begun to preach. About to start spitting. Well, here we go. Um, thank you so much, Lord. And we're just, we're, we're overwhelmed by your goodness to us and your greatness that you would even consider us in the first place. And may we not take you and who you are for granted, become familiar in a wrong way with you. We approach you as holy. We approach your word as holy. Say, Holy Spirit, speak to us this morning. Do all that's in your heart. Amen. We are in our study here. We're going through the Gospel of Luke. And uh, I've just... Man, I've, I've been so enjoying this. This is literally, we're in the fifth chapter and my life is changing. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm not messing around with you. My life is changing as a result of this. And as we uh, announced before, the pressure's off. We're not going to try and finish by Easter. We're going to finish when it's finished with us. When the Word is finished with us, we'll be finished. I'm excited here in uh, two weeks, uh, Dean Hale is going to be up to bat. He's going to preach. He's jumping in the... Actually, I changed it because you didn't look at your email this morning. I sent it to you last night. <laughs> it's going to take me longer to get there, Dean. So you're up in two weeks, and then we've got some other guys that are going to be coming up to bat, so it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going we're gonna to have a good time with this. And you're hooting and hollering because you're not going to have to listen to me all the time. All right, here we go. Come on, I'm just playing. <laughs> Jesus is going about here preaching at the end of chapter 4 the good news of the kingdom of God. That's very, very important. He's not preaching the kingdom of the church. Or excuse me, the gospel of the good news of the church. He's preaching the gospel that's good news of the kingdom. And it's His kingdom. This kingdom of heaven has invaded earth. And he's going about doing this preaching, and these are all examples for us. He's doing this in the power of the Holy Spirit. You got no juice in and of yourself. I got nothing in and of myself. It's just nice words. But he's doing this in the power of the Holy Spirit. He is on mission. Man, you can see him launching right out of the wilderness. He has gone into hand-to-hand combat, head-to-head, mind-to-mind, spirit-to-spirit with the devil, if the, spirit, if the devil has a spirit. It's not totally dead. But they were going head-to-head, and he is redeeming, Jesus is redeeming every step of the way as he's on planet Earth what Adam gave up in the garden. 
He's restoring us back. You can sense as we go through the Gospels, we're getting closer and closer to our restoration of paradise when everything's going to culminate at the cross and His resurrection. And the first one is the thief on the cross next to Him, the most unlikely suspect. And you today, sir, are going to be with me in paradise. The first one in the door. The first one. Jesus is going to teach us in this by example. He's going to say, remember who you are and whose you are. Don't forget. You lose that, you're going to lose it all. You're going to easily give in to the temptations that are going to try and snare you along the way. He talks about getting away. He says, you can't just get stuck in the grind. You can't stay in this. And Jesus is continually getting away to be with Father to be with Father, to be reminded over and over again. That reminder, we can do nothing apart from Him. Jesus, You're our source. You're our source for all of life. Everything that we are, everything that we do as we sing is for You. To be filled with prayer, filled with relationship with Him. So Jesus is quickly here in chapter 5. Luke's going to describe for us how he's going to start putting together his team. Very unlikely suspects. We'll get into that later on. We'll spend some more time on it. But uh, these are the guys that are going to carry out this mission on the planet when he leaves. He's going to spend roughly how long with these guys? 18 months. Something like that, they estimate. Now, Jesus' ministry, we often think, oh, three years. But even three years, really, to carry on this movement of absolute and total reform on the entire earth. And he's going to leave it with these guys that he spends 18 months with. That tells you how much Jesus trusts Holy Spirit. They got a little something going on. It wasn't that he trusted these guys. You know, we might think, oh, Jesus, he trusts me. No, he doesn't. He trusts the Holy Spirit in you. You're a lehuser, okay? It's, we're, not, we're not living up to it. I mean, this is more like this, this uh, bad news bears. How many have been around enough to know who the bad news bears are? All right? I mean, these guys couldn't win a game if their life depended on it. This is this little league team. And, uh, but they're the leftovers, the outcasts. If you've ever seen the movie, uh, I'm not necessarily recommend it, but Dream Team with uh, Keaton or something like that. Don't raise your hand. You're not supposed to let them know you saw that. We fast-forwarded through whatever. But the dream team, enough said. And as his captain of this team, Jesus chooses this major screw-up. His name's Peter. At the time, he goes by Simon. Why? Because Simon means what? Shaky ground. And then he's going to rename him Peter, who's the rock. Because he's going to redeem this guy. He's going to totally transform his identity into someone that he can put his Holy Spirit on and put weight on. After we just 
talked about Peter there, some of you just had a revelation. You realized that you could actually make the team. You're not disqualified. Everybody here could make the cut. Jesus didn't lower the bar. He put a person of himself inside these people so they could walk out what he had called them to. As often as Peter would put his foot in his mouth, he does have a bit of a gift of discernment and a measure of humility. For in chapter 5, verse 8, and Peter, Simon Peter realized what had happened. He fell to his knees before Jesus and said, Oh Lord, please leave me. I'm too much of a sinner to be around you. For he was awestruck by what Jesus had done, which is to give them this huge catch. So he and his partners, and they were also amazed. And Jesus says, don't be afraid. From now on, I'm going to, I'm going to teach you how to fish for people. I'm going to teach you how to fish for people. Hmm. Peter says, I'm too big of a sinner to be around you. The thing that Peter didn't realize is that being around sinners, that's where Jesus is really comfortable. They, they're not, Jesus isn't put off by people like these guys who are sailors, who are cussing like sailors, who are you know, doing the things that people do. What would we expect from someone who doesn't have a new spring of life, a well in them, that's come from heaven? Well, we'd expect that kind of stuff to come out of them. What's our comfortability factor around those that are still yet far from God? Do we... Do we settle right in? It's not that we get into them. He said, you, I'm going to put you in the world. You're not to be of them. You're to be my light there. Don't join the darkness. Be part of the solution. Part of my solution. Part of my mission. But what's our comfortability factor in that? Tyson gets up, talks about the teen feed going downtown Seattle. It's like, ooh, unusual suspects. Yeah, prime exactly who Jesus wants to be around. How's He going to get there? That's right, us. He's going to get there, us. I love also, verse 11 here, one of the things, Peter is a risk taker. Verse 11, as soon as they landed... As soon as they landed, as soon as they got back on the shore, they left everything and followed him. Dang, if that isn't a Sunday school story that just blows right past us. Can you imagine being, um, you know, we, we look at this story and we, we look at Peter and, you know, what he, what he did. And, you know, we're thinking, ah, pff, totally, I would have left everything and followed him. Jesus was just preaching on the shore to a large crowd of people before he got out in the boat with the boys. 
they're watching this and he says, hey, push out, go deeper. Throw your nets over there, go, go, go deeper. Throw them on the other side. Can you imagine being part of that crowd, seeing those guys get out of the boat, watching these guys having been transformed by something that they heard. What did, he, what did he say to them? What happened out there? Oh my goodness, your boat's practically sinking. You, you know, on one hand, you look at it and you go, unbelievable, here Jesus, Son of God, Master of the universe, comes down, invades these guys' lives, and all of a sudden, he is absolutely involved and very interested in their livelihood. In the simple little things of their life. He's not all ethereal up here in the spirit realm and all that stuff. I mean, he does do some of that mumbo jumbo thing and they don't know what in the world he's talking about, you know, but he's very, very practical. He's like, hey guys, I know you think I'm just a carpenter, but how about this one? I'm about to blow your mind. Go ahead and throw the nets on the other side. I know you guys have been fishing all night long. You haven't caught anything. Try me. By the way, Lauren, Jason had none of this mojo when I was over there fishing in Forks. He couldn't help me catch a fish to save his life. So we're going to have to work on that anointing. If you could get him into this chapter. Yeah, that's true. I do need to get in the boat. Okay. Duly noted, point noted. Next time I'll get in the boat. I was fishing with Trevor from the shore. That's my problem. And Jeremiah Scannell. See, you got to watch out. Bad company spoils at least fishing trips. Hey, they're not here. I can talk about them all I want. Don't cry for them. If they were at church, then they could stand here and defend themselves. But you don't come to church. You're open season. Just warning you. Duly noted. But Jesus draws a line in the sand. He draws a line in the sand. You know, he drew a line in the sand for those guys, but you know what? That story started, man, that thing was going around, and everybody knew what was going on. Everybody in the town, in the villages, they knew one another. The families had grown up together. They knew what was going on. Where are you in this? Where are we in this? Do we, have we had that direct invitation to come and follow or are we maybe we still standing on the shore? Are we in removed, you know, kind of in the marketplace, just kind of, you know, listening in, hearing? We're seeing lives transformed around us. We're seeing people engaging God in greater commitment levels and all that. And we're, you know, there might be an, you know, a bit of jealousy or it's like, who do they think they are? These guys have just been signed up for the ride of their life. The ride of their life that nobody's ever been on before. They have no idea what's about to come. But Jesus draws this line in the sand and he, Peter, and a few other guys, they took a risk. They were willing to cross over and follow with this price tag associated with it. They weren't too clear on at that time. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, in his book, The Cost of Discipleship, he says, when Jesus calls a person, he tells them to come and die. 
bid me come and die. N.T. Wright, he says, when Jesus calls, he does demand everything, but only because he's already given everything himself. I, I stood up with Lisa at an altar to make covenant with her. Why do I demand everything from her in terms of her, her covenant, her heart, and, and all that? Why? Because I've already committed to give everything of myself to her. Jesus calls us the one who has purchased us with his blood. Why could Bruce Hart and David Strzeski and Jeanette Starr stand up this morning and call this next generation? And I, I believe what you said, Dave. Hey, if you're breathing, you're in the next generation. But just to make that, that cutoff distinction of 25 and, and younger and saying, step over the line. Jesus is calling. Why? Because He has made a demand on your life and He has every right to do so as Creator of your life. This is a big day for these guys. I love this. You know, as he says, he's going to call them to fish for people, to teach them how to do this. And yet, he's, he's doing something really cool because he's, he's, calling, he's calling fishermen, and he says, I'm going to teach you how to fish for people. You know what it says to me? Jesus is super practical in the way that he does things. In other words, he's going to use the giftings that he's already given you, the skills that he's already given you, the training that he's led you in, to call people to Him. It's not like we've got to go find some other information or do something else. He's actually going to use uniquely, express Himself through our lives, different from anyone else. And we think we've got to have this theology degree or, or something like that. No, He's going to use the very things. What did He say to Moses? Moses like, do you know who you're talking about here? Have you, have you looked at me yet? Because I can't see you. I'm seeing a burning bush. But have you looked at me lately? What's in your hand, Moses? Oh, you got a basketball in your hand? You like basketball? Awesome. I hear Levi and Tyson, Davis, and these guys, you know, it's like, hey, let's, let's start a men's league. Let's get together. I got a call from a guy the other night. Hey, let's go, let's go ball. Great. Let's use that. Let's see what God would do. How can I use who I am and what I do to point to Jesus? I've, I've sat with Bob Nelson. We, we get together for lunch every once in a while. And, and uh, he, he talks to me about cars because that's what he does. That's what God's called him to do. Bob, where'd you go? There you are. And... And he's talking to me about the, the ins and outs of cars and how things work and the combustion. And uh, I mean, I don't have a clue about it, but he could sit and just detail for you the intricacies of the engineering and, and how it works. He's, he's taken them apart, built them from the ground up, uh, done all these things. And, I, and I'm sitting there listening to him, and he, he's basically explaining to me how 
you know, the, the human body, soul, and spirit all works together. And I'm going, Bob, are you hearing what you're talking about here? This is amazing. I mean, the things concerning relationships and how people interact with one another. It's all cars, people. It's all cars. That's what I realized in talking with Bob. But, you know, who am I and what do I do and how do I, how, God, how do you use me to point people to Jesus? Um, Bruce paints, you know, cars, auto body repair and, and all that kind of stuff. You ever need some work done? Bruce is the man to get it done for you. But, um, you know, you sit down with him and you talk about how he does things. And then you get into hunting and fishing and all that. And you're going, you know how to do this, man. This is, this is scripture. God uses these practical things. That's what's so cool. It's not some high and lofty thing that we have to try and, oh man, I can't really figure that out. No, it's right there. Cassie, Cassie Jackson, Cassie Creelock. Come on, Evan, give me some. All right. <laughs> and I totally blew their big reveal the other week. I don't know how many of you guys caught it. I could hardly keep preaching after I did it, but they hadn't told everybody that they were pregnant. And I said it in front of all of you guys. <laughs> oh, so hopefully you've told everyone by now. I was really glad to help you out. But Cassie, she's pregnant, right? Okay, she starts to grow. She's with expectation and, and all this. Well, what a conversation starter. Guys, don't ever ask anybody if they're pregnant, though. No, don't do it. Even if they're nine months, they're, you know... Okay, <laughs> I thought you were giving me some, but um, you know, Lisa is you know when she has her baby, unbelievable conversation starters. Just talking to people, Lisa, you know where she'd go fish, take the kids and go to the park. Why? Because everybody else is there with their kids too. Hey, what's going on? It started so many different conversations, built relationships with people. It was great. Walkers, did you guys meet Dinsmore's that way or something like that? Sports teams, it's like. It's wonderful. So Jesus is using what is in our hand, what we have right here. I mean, if you take your kid to a park and your kid actually obeys you when you call them, that's a modern day miracle. People will fall down and worship Jesus right there. I'm so serious. How did you get your kid to do that? You didn't have to beat him at all. That was amazing. You didn't offer him candy as a reward, nothing. You just said, come here, son, come here, daughter. And they did. Yeah, when Jesus walked on the water, people stood up and took notice. When your kid obeys, they'll do the same thing. They really will. Oh, my goodness. Husbands and wives that get along, that that actually look like they love one another. Dang. Lee and Louise walking down, you know, the, the street, holding hands, kissing on each other, different things. You know, the, seriously, the gray hairs and the no hairs. And, and they... Come on. Come on. That was good. I, that's not even in my notes. That was... Uh... No, but really, when you see someone that's been married for 50 years, talk about Glenn and Ruth, 44 years, 50-something, 60 years. How many? 60? 54. Can we stop and pause just for a moment? That is brilliant. But that didn't come without some serious stuff along the way. What if, yeah, Lauren and Linda, that's right. <laughs> hey, it was him, right? No, it's her. 
what they have to give to people who are just, you know, left and right, who are going their separate ways, just, I'm not trying to belittle that whole thing. I'm just like, wow, we're so, our culture is so in agreement with just, you know, let's, let's end it. Rather than going to people like this and, wow, how did you do this? Can you help me? What are you already doing? Throw your net. That's what's in your hand. What was in the guy's hands in the boat? Throw your net. Throw your net. See what happens. And he says, now go out deeper and throw your nets. This, this, the boat is metaphor for the church. The net is the gospel. It's loving God, loving people. Reaching the unreached, touching the untouched, loving the unloved. It's the net of Jesus. And he says, now go out deeper. This is a, this is a call to the church, the body of Christ, not just North Shore, but the body of Christ to, to go deeper, to go deeper in people's, people's lives. To ask the next question. The third, the fourth question. Take some time to sit down with my mom, sit down with Linda Walker, and how they're in the tea room in, in Bothell, and they're, you know, just asking the next question. Oh, hey, how's, how's your day going? Oh, oh, sorry about that. See ya. No, asking the next, how come? Are you okay? You don't have to, but you might, I'm, I got a little bit of time. Do you want to, you want to talk about it? I'm willing to listen. Listening. Nobody wants to listen to anybody. I go to the gym every once in a while. And I get this death stare from Lisa. Don't you act like you work out all the time. She goes to the gym all the time. I get there from time to time. And... But everybody's got their headphones in. You can't have a conversation with anybody. Nobody wants to listen to anybody. All up in their phone, checking their stuff. I'm telling you, you want liberty? Take this nine weeks and get freedom from some of these things. I can't get off on that. Okay. Listen closer. Go deeper in conversation. Hurt with people. Help carry people's pain. Be understanding. Church people should be the deepest, most compassionate, and the most honest and real people on the planet. You know? Jesus was so compassionate, but He told you the way it was. Sometimes we can be so nice, right? Nicer than Jesus Christians that we don't actually tell people the truth. We're so afraid. People are so bold about the truth that they claim. Where are you at? Where am I at? He told it like it is. Our privilege is to fish. We cast our nets with the Word of God, with the Gospel, with auto mechanic knowledge. 
with hope, with real estate, with faith, with landscaping, with love. They all work together. Sometimes we just separate those like, oh, this is spiritual, this is natural. The two don't come together. No. What Dan Hart does in landscaping business, that's a spiritual thing. Spiritual calling, a high calling. Our place on the team is to put our nets in the water, to be able to build significant relationships with people. And I just love this. It encourages so much. You know, Peter was such a, uh, just a, a, a complete mess up. And yes, and yet Jesus calls him to the party. He says, get on board. Let's do this. Let's go. I'm going to change you. I'm going to change you. I want to be changed. Not only do I want Jesus to use us to go deeper into our lives together as a church, but also as community reaching out to others around us and to go deeper into God's Word together as a people. Uh, to get in depth, to let the word mess with us, just as we, t- I think it's a, bl- a great picture for us as a people that we're done with this gospel. I say done very loosely in parentheses and, you know, all the different stuff. Uh, but um, when it's finished with us and uh, when it's Jesus, when you're finished with us, We're on this journey together. Stand up with me. We'll just, we're going to conclude right here. But we started this journey in Luke to answer this question that Jesus asks. Who do you say that I am? We're not going to get there till chapter 9, that question. But that's our starting point all along the way. Who do you say that I am? It's on the cover of Time magazine. Who do you say that Jesus is? Prophet, words of wisdom, your little rabbit's foot that you rub in the morning when you do your morning devotions for good luck. Some of you smile, but you know it's true. Sometimes we just get in that mode of, oh, if I just have my devotions, oh, it's going to be a good day. Oh, it's a horrible day. Oh, it's because I didn't have my devotion. No. Just follow Jesus. Amen. Let me bless you. Would you hold up your hands and just to the Lord. Lord, we are so very grateful that we get to be on your team. We get to be on your team. Thank you so much. Break down these walls of fear that keep us from being used by you however you want to break through into people's lives. You came and you infused yourself into this world and, you're gonna co- and you've come inside of us and you're going to now infuse yourself through us into people's lives to touch the untouched, to reach the unreached, to love the unloved. You're so good. We're overwhelmed by your amazing grace. 
Lord, I bless these people. Lord, bless us. Bless us. That's not selfish. That's just life. We need you. We need you. And this is all just one way. We're here to minister to you, Lord. We're here to give you our lives, that we would be praised to you in the same way that we sing to you about that. May we be it to you. It's the way you created us. We love you, Lord.